You're listening to the Good News Project podcast with Matt Jackson. You can send Matt feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests at goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Here's your host, Matt Jackson. Welcome to the Good News Project podcast. My name is Matt Jackson. I am typically at least 24 hours behind the news cycle uh, most days. Uh, I am usually in my own world during the day, uh, teaching in my classroom or coaching my sport. Um, Yesterday, I was out in uh, the Sci Fair area um, driving the swim team at my high school to their regional meet. Had a good time doing that. I'm not the swim coach, but um, uh, they needed somebody to drive the bus. So uh, I was happy to be out of the classroom for a day and and take in that event. But, you know, I was there most of the day, so I don't catch um, what's going on in the sports world. And, and truthfully, I do not follow the sports world um, as closely as I did when that was my my daily occupation. But I, when I got home late last night from my son's soccer practice, I happened to be scrolling through Twitter as I am one to do once or twice a day. And I noticed that, uh, Charlie Palillo, um, who in my eyes, at least in my lifetime, um, is the, he's the greatest sports talk show host that I have heard in this local market. You know, I think he checks the most boxes. I think that he is the most infallible in terms of, you know, if you have a problem with something Charlie does, it probably says more about you than it does him. I was not a perfect host by any means, and I'm not saying Charlie's perfect either. But if I were starting a talk show from scratch, a sports talk show, you know, where you talk sports, you're not necessarily looking for just guy talk. You want sports. You care about the games that happen and not just the people and the personalities. You know, I would start with somebody of uh, Charlie's ilk. But Charlie apparently is uh, was let go at his current station, and you know, hard to say if he will be back on the air again anywhere. I hope that he will be. Um, in my opinion, and this is as somebody who's been in the Houston area since 1983, I don't think there would be sports talk radio in Houston. Without Charlie Palillo. I began listening to Charlie. Well when he got here. Um, KTRH Sports Beat. And Sports Beat Saturday. Those were can't miss radio for me. I listened to them more than I watched. Television. Um, to For my money. Charlie Palillo and Rich Lord. Are were the gold standard when it came to sports talk radio. It was incredibly entertaining. They were well paired. Rich is the everyman, the every guy, and Charlie as someone that probably could have an Oxford PhD if he wanted to, 
um, and just a walking encyclopedia of sports knowledge. You know, there is no Sports Radio 610 if there was not the success from a ratings and ad revenue standpoint that Sportsbeat was because of Charlie and Rich. And eventually Rich moved over to Sports Radio 610 to give it legitimacy. And Charlie followed uh, a few years later. And again, I would tell you, in my opinion, that was the best talk show that the Houston local market has ever had. Um, Again, that's my opinion, um, but I will die on that vine. But I think what made, uh, I think one of the things that made Charlie great and does make Charlie great is something that warrants discussion in today's landscape of local media and really media at large, but it's particularly when it comes from the local standpoint. Charlie Palillo was incredibly neutral. He had zero skin in the game. He was open to criticize and praise anyone and everyone, no questions asked. And he did it from a, he did it with facts to support it. He did it with strong facts to support his opinions. He didn't need to be provocative. He didn't need to be personal, and he never was. He never is. He is bare bones, straight to the point, and he's smart. And you are a smarter person for hearing him. But what he didn't need... And what many, if not most, media in the local market crave, and I certainly was in this category, is he didn't need access to the teams. He didn't need to be on the inside. He was not bending over backwards to lick the boots of the local franchises. He was a pro. He did his job. He did it well. And he still could lead a quality pregame or postgame show for any of the three teams. And he did all three. Four. Let's not forget about the Oilers, the football team that, you know, the majority of Houstonians cared about. He did it professionally. He criticized when warranted. He praised when warranted. He could... Talk about the team in a way that provided depth and made you smarter as a listener. You learned things from listening to Charlie, but you learned things because of reasoned analysis and not because he was going to dinner with the owner of the team or he was buddying up with any of the players. And I look at the landscape in sports media and some of the friction that exists out there, particularly with the football team right now, 
And I think a lot of that friction, a lot of the criticism, you know, some of it is warranted, but I think some of it has to do with the changing relationship between sports franchises and the media. The ugly truth is that the pro sports franchises really no longer need local media. They don't need them to sell tickets. And they don't need them for content. All of these franchises now have their own content generation machines. And all these franchises are in the black before they even sell one ticket. And so the transparency that might have once been there, you know, it's gone from transparency between the teams and the media to a little more translucent. It's a little cloudy. And let me speak from my own experience. I would say without question that I went out of my way to gain access to people that were important within the Houston Rockets organization. Basically from the time Rudy T was on his way out all the way through when I was done in 2014, I had what I would call very close relationships with general managers, team presidents, coaches, directors of broadcasting, people in the business office. I made it a point to to talk to those people, to have close relationships, consider many of those people my friends. You know, and I and I and I I definitely did so at least somewhat selfishly for my own personal gain to make my product, my shows better because I could have these people on the air and and people kind of realized that if I was saying something, chances are it was being filtered by somebody that was in the know within the organization. You know, I was invited to lunches with a general manager. And I know I'm not alone that plenty of people were. But I had a extremely good feel and knowledge of the inner workings of the organization and why decisions were made and could understand what the process was for the decisions that were made and then could convey them to the listening audience. And that certainly existed within the Texans organization at the beginning of the franchise as well. For the first 10 years of the Texans franchise, they were the most transparent organization in professional football. Media had unfettered access to practices. You could watch the entire thing. I watched, I think, every single practice at least the first five years of the organization, if not more. 
You could watch everything. You could talk to Charlie Casterly anytime you wanted. You could talk with Don Capers anytime you wanted. You had every opportunity to talk to every single player on and off the record. And the Texans went out of their way to provide access, content, and whatever they could to put a put a shine on the organization. And that certainly changed with Bill O'Brien coming in as the head coach. The media relations team, which was the best in the NFL, which gave which won awards for being the best media relations team in the NFL. They were replaced by people who I'm sure are very good people and are very good at their job, but who became a a wall between the media and the team. And that access has just diminished more and more and more and more and more. And I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. It is just a choice by or, by the organization. And while I think it is fair to criticize decisions that have been made on the football field and off the football field by the Texans, I think it is also fair to say, I think if most of the local media were being honest, that some of their opinions are based on that lack of access. The fact that they don't get to ask the questions that they were previously able to ask, that they aren't a part of the process from start to finish. People like to be in the know. And... We spent we spent as much time focusing on the process of making the sausage rather than man, once I grill up this sausage and add some peppers and onions, is it a good sausage? The criticism that you know has been levied on the Texans this week for their hiring of Lovey Smith was extremely limited in terms of the actual man himself. By any means, by any description, Lovey Smith has been a competent NFL head coach. He's been to a conference championship game. He lost in a Super Bowl with no quarterback. That's pretty good. But what upset the media... And why they're critical of the organization is the quote-unquote process. The same process that yielded a name out of nowhere last year with the Texans in David Culley. Chances are, based on the evidence presented itself, that while... David Culley had little coordinator experience and little 
skin in the game to seem to show that he was ready to be a head coach. It was the process by which he became the head coach that people in the local media were critical of. And it's because that process no longer involves them. That insider access no longer exists from the beat writer standpoint, from the columnist standpoint, from the lead reporter standpoint. Those sources that have been counted on over and over and over again to break news and to make it look like you're on the inside and know what's going on, those don't exist anymore, at least within the Texans. And I think they are also limited with the other two organizations as well, the Astros and the Rockets. So I, I, I just thought it, it's worth talking about and something for you to keep in mind when you kind of generate your own opinions about what things, you know, what things are going on um, in the world of media. Um, you know, any other type of media beyond sports media, I think it's, it's, it's the same way. Opinions are being shaped, I think at least a little bit, based on a bitterness at the lack of access that local media now has to teams because it is not necessary anymore. Which takes me back to my original point that whatever ratings may suggest or whether he is aged out of the key demographics for sports talk radio, there has never been a less compromised sports talk show host in Houston than Charlie Palillo. And I think that deserves attention and applause. And I congratulate Charlie on an unbelievable career if this is it for him. I certainly hope to hear him again down the line. That's all the time I have for today. If you have any thoughts on what I've talked about today, feel free to uh, email me, goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com, or hit me up on Twitter, at MJ4Sports. Until next time, Matt Jackson saying so long, and thank you for listening to the Good News Project. Podcast. Tell me something good. You've been listening to the Good News Project podcast with Matt Jackson. To reach out to Matt with feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests, email goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com.